So today's episode is going to be a little bit of a different one. I'm I'm going to go out on a limb here and I'm going to make some bold predictions for what I think we're going to see happen within the space of marketing in 2024. So, you know, it's a really sort of dynamic industry, I guess, and there's so much happening and lots is changing. And so I'm going to make a few predictions and then it'll be really interesting to come back around and revisit this in 12 months and see if I was on the money or not. Hey everyone, um, welcome back to the show. How was your Christmas? We had a really nice one actually. We spent some time with my mum and dad, which is always really nice. We spent a bit of time with Joe's mum and dad, which is, you know, it was a it was a, a, a tricky one um, this year because Joe's mum spent it in hospital. So we had Christmas with my folks early and then we did the community Christmas lunch that we're always involved with where we help sort of handing out toys and food for some people who are a bit less fortunate than ourselves and it's been a really tough year for a lot of people this year so I feel like there was a few more there than normal but it's um it's always really nice to be able to find that time to you know give something back I suppose I know that phrase gets overused a lot but um, it definitely feels like that's exactly what it is. It's putting something back into the community that supports us. So that was really nice to do. And then Christmas Day, we spent up at the hospital um, with um, with Joe's mum, which was a bit tricky. Um, she's in there because she had a knee replacement, but then she got COVID, so she was in isolation, and, and we couldn't we couldn't actually go in and see her. Her dad went in, and then um, and then that was it. So. So it was a bit of a mixed bag, but but overall, it was a really good Christmas because we just have so much to be grateful for. So how was your Christmas? Um, I hope you guys all managed to get a bit of time with the people who you care about and some downtime and, you know, just enjoyed it. So today's episode is going to be a little bit of a different one. I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb here and I'm going to make some bold predictions for what I think we're going to see happen within the space of marketing in 2024. So, you know, it's a really sort of dynamic industry, I guess, and there's so much happening and lots is changing. And so I'm going to make a few predictions and then it'll be really interesting to come back around and revisit this in 12 months and see if I was on the money or not. So here we go with my top 10 predictions for 2024. And my number one prediction is that cold email outreach is going to gain a lot more traction. Now, it's something that's been happening for a while. And, you know, it certainly helps when guys like Alex Hormozy. So if if you're not familiar with Alex Hormozy, then look him up. It really helps when somebody like that comes out and says, hey, cold email outreach is responsible for a really huge part of our business growth across all of our different businesses. So when that happens, people go, or they take notice and they go, wow, we have to have a look at this. Cold email outreach has definitely been picking up momentum, but with improvements in technology, with people like Hormozy coming out and saying how effective it is with some of the results that people are generating through this kind of outreach, I feel like it's going to blow up in the next six months. 
and we're going to see a lot more people using it. We're going to see it gain a lot more traction and we're all going to start to get more of those emails in our inbox, which is going to result in a couple of things. One, I think towards the end of the year, more of a crackdown from authorities enforcing anti-spam rules. So you've got to be really careful with cold email outreach, right? Because there are anti-spam legislation or there is anti-spam legislation in lots of different markets. We have it in Australia, they have it in the US. There's lots of different markets. I know the EU, we don't we don't market into the EU, but um, they have some really tight rules <clears throat> around messaging. So make sure you're familiar with what those rules and regulations are if you're looking at using cold email outreach. But the key to getting it right is two things. One, your list. Um, so as it gains traction, one of the things that I think is is going to happen, as I said, is towards the end of the year, we'll see a much bigger crackdown um, in terms of enforcing anti-spam legislation. And we'll also see the technology continue to improve in order to make it um, more effective, I guess. And so by more effective, I mean the ability to more accurately segment lists and therefore create messaging that's more appropriate for the people who you're sending the messages to. And that's the key. In order for it not to be spammy, the, me the, the message that you're sending has to be extremely relevant to the person who's reading it so they don't look at it and think, this is just a bulk spam email. They look at it and they think, actually, I'm interested in what this person has to say. So prediction number one, cold email outreach to gain traction. If you're looking at using it, make sure you're doing it really well, segmenting your lists, you're aware of what the anti-spam laws are in your area, and you're sending messaging that is highly relevant to the person who's going to be reading it. Number two is that I think we're going to start seeing a bit of AI overwhelm, right? So artificial intelligence it's, it's on the rise and it has been for a little while, but we're starting to see this proliferation of AI-powered tools now for everything from copywriting to graphic design to strategy to like everything you can possibly imagine. There's AI-powered tools that will help you do it. And it's it's cool. You know, some of the tools that we're using are really great. Um, and, and I know that there's more and more coming onto the market. My feed is absolutely chockers with it. And depending what you do, your news feeds are probably chockers with it as well. And so there's definitely this feeling of overwhelm as we start to try and come to grips with all of these different tools, how powerful they are, how fast they're developing, how do we implement them into our business, and are we being left behind if we're not using them? And that's where the overwhelm is going to come from because marketers are using that kind of fear based um, advertising in order to make us think we need to be using these tools. Otherwise, we're going to be left behind. And so we start to have that, you know, that feeling of inadequacy if we're not using it, that fear of, is my business going to be left behind because I'm not using these tools that all these marketers tell me that I should be using. So I think what's going to happen is we're just going to get so overloaded with this influx of information that we kind of start to go, hang on, I can't, I can't deal with this. I'm feeling overwhelmed. And there's going to be a little bit of pushback or a little bit of blowback um, on that. So that that's my prediction. The, the proliferation of AI-powered tools is going to continue, but it's going to be so much and so intense that we're going to start feeling a little bit overwhelmed by it, and then there'll be some pushback against it. Um, so that's two. Number three, 
creative is going to become the new battleground. So this is happening a little bit already. And when I say creative to become the new battleground, what I mean is the by creative is the the visuals that we use in our marketing, whether it's video, whether it's a still image, whether it's a carousel of images, whether it's an animation, you know, one of these other really cool sort of creative tools that are available on the market at the moment. That's where we're going to be able to, I guess, create the difference in our campaigns. Now, targeting isn't really as effective as it used to be and hasn't been for a while now. So, you know, thanks to the iOS 14 rollout a couple of years ago and other changes to tracking and cookies. And, you know, I even heard today on news they're talking about looking even more closely, especially in Australia, at how some of these big social media platforms are collecting and using data. So tracking, not as accurate as it used to be, going to become even more difficult. Um, Copy or the written word on the page has always been incredibly important. And that's not going to change. But what is going to change is how important the creative is and how much of a difference it can make to your campaign over and above everybody else's campaign. So you need to ensure that your creative is relevant and um, congruent with the message and the copy that you're putting forward in your advertising. And you need to make sure that it's being refreshed consistently. It used to be that we could you know, do an ad, um, develop some creative and publish an ad, particularly online, and three weeks, four weeks, six weeks, eight weeks sometimes, and it's still generating great results. That's not really the case anymore. You need to be refreshing your creative weekly or fortnightly in order to make sure that it's really fresh and it's getting the cut through that we need it to get. The platforms themselves, like the algorithms, like to see fresh content to make sure that they can continue to feed out the ad and it's going to be engaging for people, people who are watching it. You know, if they've seen it, they tend to become a little bit of a, a bit immune to it. So we need to make sure that creative is refreshed on a regular basis and that it's captivating and it's relevant to the message that's in the ad or in whatever your um, piece of marketing is, whatever your marketing collateral is. So that's going to become the new battleground. If you haven't got a plan for how to consistently create good creative or develop good creative, then you need to get one pretty fast. Um, Prediction number four is we're going to see increased consumer skepticism. And I think that's tied a little bit to the rise in artificial intelligence. As as those lines become blurry and it's more and more difficult to tell what's AI powered and what's not, people will become more skeptical about the messages they see. Visuals, you know, is this something that's been created by AI? Is the copy written by AI? Is the person who's putting this message into the marketplace even the expert that they claim to be, or are they completely relying on some artificial intelligence to produce the message for them, make them look like they know what they're talking about? Um, even I had a, um, I had a, a marketing call. You know, I opted into somebody's sales funnel and I got a marketing call, and it was obvious that the voice on the end was AI powered. It wasn't an actual person that I was speaking to, and it was a really interesting um, experience. And I ended up booking an appointment through this AI-powered bot, which then we cancelled later on, um, but just to kind of see what what the experience was like. And I think with tools as powerful as that and people being as unsure about whether they're dealing with a human being or whether they're dealing with a computer, 
they're going to become more skeptical about the messages that they see, and that is going to make marketing more difficult. I think it's going to create opportunities too, by the way, in order for us to um, you know, make content that's more authentic and more genuine, that will engage with people and give them that, that sense of, hey, I'm dealing with a real human being. But that's my prediction number four, is that people will become even more skeptical than they already are as a result of all of this AI-powered um, and generated content that's been put out into the market. Um, I'm not against AI, by the way. I, I love it. Um, we're using it. It's it's streamlining streamlining our processes and and making delivery you know, much, much better. But I just think we all need to be a bit careful about how we use it so we don't overwhelm people. And so that leads into number five, which is authentic video to become even more important than it already is. And so that's got to do with, you know, this AI burnout that I'm kind of talking about. As people, as as the lines do become blurry, if you can create video content, particularly stills, you know, images, that sort of thing will work too, but video content, particularly that's clearly authentic, that's you or that's somebody in your business or that's your product or your service being demonstrated, that is going to resonate with people because they'll feel like, oh, this is real, right? I know that this hasn't been created by a computer, you know, or artificially generated. I can see that that's the real person. And you know, with with AI developing as fast as it is, that might not be the case for a long time. We might not be able to be as certain in six months or 12 months about what we're looking at as we are now. But at the moment, we can still create really genuine and really authentic video content, which is going to engage people and give them, as I said, that feeling that, hey, I'm dealing with a real person and that connection, you know, that we're looking for. Another thing that we're likely to see as we move through 2024 is in t- the entire marketing function being outsourced by businesses and not just components of it. So at the moment, you know, if a business has got some particular uh, marketing capability in-house, then they might look at just bringing in some additional support to fill gaps, you know, so maybe they don't have a really strategic marketing manager. You know, they might have a marketing coordinator, but need somebody who can help them with a higher level strategy. So they might bring in a marketing strategist to help develop that. Or maybe they can develop a strategy, but they need some help with the implementation. So they might outsource the advertising campaign. What we're going to what we're going to see is as marketing becomes more difficult, as there are more and more platforms, as there are more and more tools, and as it does become more overwhelming in order to determine, well, how do I take all of these bits and pieces and properly fit them together? I think we'll see businesses just outsource the entire marketing function and have somebody in-house to oversee that, to ensure that certain KPIs are being met and, and to ensure that you know the results that they want are being generated. But businesses will want to focus on delivery of their service. Um, businesses will want to focus on looking after their customers and making sure that their fulfillment is done to the highest possible standard and not be distracted by something that's not in their wheelhouse. And so more and more, I think we're going to see the whole marketing function outsourced as opposed to just bits of it. It'll be interesting to see how that works out. Um, Prediction seven is the rise of the micro business. Now, this is not new, but I feel like it's going to accelerate as we go through 2024. As technology makes it more viable for us to run our business from a laptop in a van or from anywhere, really. I think more and more people are going to find that as such an attractive 
option. And when I say micro business, a single person, a freelancer, um, you know, providing a professional service or somebody who's just running a drop shipping business where all they do is process orders and then the order is fulfilled by somebody else and they never actually see the product itself. So micro businesses, they don't necessarily give the owner some of the long-term benefits um, of a bigger business, such as, you know, a big business's processes and sales funnels that consistently generate new clients and leads and staff. That's an incredibly saleable asset provided that it's running smoothly, whereas a micro business typically relies on the business owner. And so it's not as saleable. So you're kind of replacing a job with, with another job, but at least you're your own boss and you're in charge and you can do it from anywhere in, in a lot of cases. So that's going to become a really attractive option for lots of people, particularly as you know job security hasn't really been a thing for a while now, but with changes to the economy and, and a more challenging economic landscape, business uh, job security is, is going to become more of an issue. And so I think we'll find more and more people opting for that kind of self-employed um, or for self-employment. Number eight, sorry to tell you this, guys, but I think the increase that we've seen in spam and cybercrime is only going to go up from here. You know, the last few months have been really intense, which is not unusual for this time of year. People are busy, businesses are advertising, then possibly not as focused on cybersecurity as they should be, and so scams uh, and spam just kind of explodes around Christmas. But we are going to see that continue, particularly as new platforms come out, as things like SMS marketing becomes more and more popular. It just opens up a whole new realm for these scammers in order to you know, target us and target people they wouldn't normally be able to get to. So I think we're going to see an increase in that over the next 12 months, despite the fact that rules are being put in place. Right, and, and there are rules around email marketing and SMS marketing already, but there are new rules being implemented. Even as we speak, there'll be rules um, or more, more, uh, more strict compliance required from businesses who are sending more than 5,000 emails per day. You know, they'll, they'll need to have their email address um, authenticated before they're able to send those messages or continue sending those messages. I think we're going to see more compliance around that, but we're definitely going to see an increase in cyber spam. Um, number nine, SMS marketing is going to become commonplace. We've seen an increase in it, um, but the results that it's generating are exceptional. And so the uptake in that is going to increase, in my view. And also the technology is getting better there's a lot of CRMs now that have an SMS marketing capability built right into it. So all you need to do is go onto a platform like Twilio, for example, set up an account, buy a number, you can import that to your CRM and you can start sending bulk SMSs. Now, obviously don't be spammy, right? And again, comply with whatever the spam laws are in your area, but it's really easy and it's so effective because it's immediate and it's personal. And let's face it, who, you know, who doesn't open an SMS? SMS open rates in Australia, right, are over 90%. I think there's something like 94%. That's massive. Email open rates, you know, average between 30 and 40%. It's more than double. And the engagement rate is really high and the conversion rates are really high. And, you know, let, let's be honest, as marketers, 
We have a real habit of shitting the bed, right? When something good comes along, we just abuse it and we overuse it like crazy. And then we end up getting it taken away from us. You know, we're like kids who just can't play um, responsibly with our toys. But so in this case, I hope we don't screw it up. I hope we use it responsibly. And I hope the rules that are being brought in force us as an industry to use it responsibly because SMS is such a powerful tool for um, notifications, for sending out value-based content. And I think what exactly what value-based content in SMS looks like is still being worked out. You know, it's such a new platform. We're still working that out. Um, and I think I'm going to do an entire podcast around SMS marketing. But um, we're definitely going to see an increase in that. And I hope it's going to lead to an improved return on investment for advertisers if it's used properly. So SMS marketing going to become, I think, as common as email marketing over the next 12 months, maybe two years. And then finally, email marketing is going to become even more effective than it is now. Now, I know that's a big call because email marketing is still the number one platform with a return on investment of something like 38 or 40 to one. But with some of the new rules that are being implemented, right? So um, new rules being put in place in order to keep some of the spam out of our inboxes, the messages that do get through, people will have more trust in them. They'll be able to trust that the messages that come through are not as spammy as they have been in the past. And as we as marketers start to or continue to develop our understanding of how to run effective and how to run um, relevant email marketing campaigns, they're going to become more effective because the end user can trust that what's landing in their inbox is not spammy. And when they open it, it's going to be more relevant to them because we as marketers are getting better at doing our jobs. So the takeaway from that one is that if you don't have your email marketing dialed in now, you need to get started, right? Without any hesitation. If you're not generating a, a substantial proportion of your income from your warm list through email marketing, then you are leaving a ton of cash on the table. So email marketing, it's already pretty good, but it's going to become even more effective as some of the anti-spam um, requirements start to take effect and as we continue as marketers to get better at using that platform. So there's it. That's it. There's my top 10 predictions for what's going to happen in 2024. I have no idea if I'm right or not. Um, it was fun putting that together though. Like there was a, there was a bunch of stuff that I was looking at, you know, that, that I left out in terms of new platforms and, and platforms that might disappear and things like that. But, but, you know, um, it'll be really interesting to come back around in another 12 months and see if I was right or if I was completely off the money on that stuff. I'd love to hear what you guys think. I'd love to hear if you've got any predictions for what you think we're going to see in the next 12 months. So find us on one of our on one of our social channels, on Facebook, on Instagram, on TikTok, um, on LinkedIn. I uh, would love to hear from you guys on what you think is going to happen next year. And also if you've got any, you know, value out of this fun episode of the podcast. So thank you for spending a little bit of time with me. I always appreciate you guys taking a little bit of time out of your day to listen to me waffle on. And I'll look forward to catching up with you on the podcast again next week. If you enjoyed this show, don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss a single episode. If you're ready to really level up your marketing and explode your leads and sales, reach out for a chat with one of our kick-ass marketing professionals. Find us at orbitmarketing.com.au 
themarketingmashup.com.au, Instagram at orbit underscore marketing, Facebook at Orbit Marketing Oz, that's Orbit Marketing OZ, also YouTube, LinkedIn, and now on TikTok. Oh, 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 o